I think a good show begins with a grounded topic, right? We may not think of it that way, but like The Office was about, um, you know, the, 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 the work crisis at the time, you know, we were coming out of recession, you know what I mean? And when you build something from that place, it automatically yields good fruit most of the time. So my idea was to begin from that place. We have this, I've seen it firsthand, what teachers go through from day to day. Well, boys and girls, that is the voice of Quinta Brunson. She's gonna give us tips around how do we get more creative each and every day. That's right, how do we infuse more creativity in our lives, as well as how do we learn to like ourselves when we don't always like ourselves? So how do we not fall into that trap of comparing ourselves to the Joneses? So that and much, much more on today's Super You Podcast. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Welcome to today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Quammen. A lot of you know me as Equal Man. My hope is that your year is amazing so far. But if it's not, it's time to get us back on track. And that's what this podcast is all about. And you've probably listened to some other shows. Today, we're going to go talk down with Quinta Brunson. We're going to get some tips from her on how you can live your best year yet. But also, we've released on this Super You Podcast snippets from my number one bestseller, The Focus Project, which is all around getting us focused on doing those big things in life so we can have a fulfilled life. So how do we live a more fulfilled life? By making sure that our focus is around those things that matter. But on today's show, we're getting insights and tips and tricks from Quinta Brunson. Those that are not familiar with her, Quinta means fifth in Spanish. So it's a pretty cool name, a very unique name, but it means fifth in Spanish. But a lot of you might know her because she was just nominated for a Golden Globe for her work in Abbott Elementary. And that's right, she's the one that created, produced, co-writes it, and stars in that ABC comedy series and nominated for a Golden Globe. And I love her because she's self-made. So she started, became popular on Instagram with this series, Girl Who Has Never Been On A Nice Date. So again, Girl Has Never Been On A Nice Date. People become familiar with her, and then she goes on to produce and act and content for BuzzFeed videos. Uh, and then she developed two streaming series, but really, she kind of launched her career like a lot of folks are these days by becoming an influencer on social media, specifically around her Instagram series, Girl Has Never Been On A Nice Date. So she's been able to leverage that and springboard herself. Uh, and she stands, for those playing the hype game, she stands at a mighty four foot 11. So powerful things come in small packages. So hopefully we get a picture at some point so that we can juxtaposition my six, seven versus the four eleven. But let me tell you this, she is much more powerful than I am. She is such a powerful voice, a much needed voice for all of us out there seeking that positive influence in our life. So again, that's what the Super U podcast is all about. And you're going to love hearing from Quinta Brunson. Now it goes without saying, Abbott Elementary, wow, what a runaway success. Congratulations on the nomination for the Golden Globe. Uh, now, where'd you come up with the idea for Abbott Elementary? 
Absolutely. The whole concept is based on my uh, my mom was a teacher and I watched her. I was in her kindergarten class and then I went to the school where she taught from first to fifth grade after that. So I was with her on the way to school and after school and, of course, before school and then at home. And I just watched the job so closely. And then um, I think I'm very observational by Nate. I always have been that way. And a lot of what I saw just seeped in. And it wasn't until I went back home, like right before the pandemic, maybe a year before the pandemic. And I had I had enough space removed. I had been living in L.A. at that point for like seven years. But I went back to visit my mom and I was just looking at everything in a new light. It was this environment I was familiar with and I knew so closely. But now I was looking at it kind of like the mockumentary style. Like I felt like I was in this space that I know so well, but now I'm this outsider. And um, it just kind of inspired me. I was like, there's a show here. Now, we all know, our listeners do on this show, that success doesn't happen alone, that we need to surround ourselves with the right people, both offline and online. And that requires finding teammates, uh, which can be a difficult thing. I speak around the world, and the number one thing that everyone's struggling with is finding good people. They're very difficult to find and retain. Uh, You've had a lot of luck finding the right teammates for your shows, uh, but, but how do you form a team? Oh my goodness. I feel like I got to pick everyone I wanted for the cast, and I think that's rare. You know, usually there's some issue, like you can't get this person you want because of this, blah, blah, blah. But I also had like a a personal connection to each person that I cast and knew what type of person they were. Ultimately, I think, you know, whatever, everyone has different opinions, but I wanted my show to feel like a workplace. I know it's TV and TV can be crazy Mm -hmm. and we accept Mm -hmm. it. We accept like a bunch of crazy shit. We accept like bad behavior. We accept like so much, but I didn't want it to be like that. So getting all these people together in a room, the the first time we filmed the pilot, everyone's just energizing (laughs) and feeling good about each other and feeling good about the show that they're making too. Now, what you do for a lot of people would be very daunting because you have to come up with great content, basically, each and every day. So how does that well not run dry or how do you come up with new content? I think a good show begins with a grounded topic, right? We may not think of it that way, but like The Office was about, um, you know, the, 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 the work crisis at the time, you know, we were coming out of recession, you know what I mean? And when you build something from that place, it automatically yields good fruit most of the time. So my idea was to begin from that place. We have this, I've seen it firsthand, what teachers go through from day to day. But I wasn't necessarily setting out to change anything or like beat people over the head with the message. I just knew that if we started in a real place with the state of where we are right now, that that's the best way to start a comedy. Now, we express many times on this show that the comeback is always greater than the setbacks. Always like to hear from people that are successful because people think, oh, they've always had it easy. They never had any setbacks. It is what it is. I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. And that person never had to struggle. They never had to have a comeback after a setback. So if you can walk us through uh, maybe a, a top struggle that you're able to overcome. I had a really bad breakup in college, high school, 
boyfriend and in college we broke up and it was so bad. It was so bad that I had no choice but to like put myself back together. When you get your heart broken that bad and everything falls apart and you put yourself back together, you didn't, you didn't become invincible and then like all that kind of stuff doesn't matter anymore. I was like depressed but I barely had the language to identify it as depression. I had many days that were I, dropped, I pretty much dropped out of school. I never, it, I don't talk about that a lot, but I did pretty much drop out because I just could not peel myself out of the bed. It was depression yeah. and, and I just didn't identify it as such. And I watched the same DVD of Bruce Almighty on repeat every day. I couldn't pick up the remote <laughs> to change the, the DVD. I couldn't even peel myself out of bed to take the DVD out of the DVD player. So I watched it over and over. I sought out like help from friends, you know, like friends helped me out big time. I had one friend, Brandy, who like gave me a list of affirmations to say in the window. Uh, sorry, in the window, in the mirror and that. I remember that being a specific thing that helped me. I remember thinking it was very stupid, but then I would say the affirmations to myself in the mirror every single day. And after a year, it felt like they had worked. It's crazy, those little things like that. I picked myself back up eventually and started uh, making plans to, to work, to go to LA. It was really making plans that helped pull me out of that, I think. Because even when I came to LA, I was still dealing with it. I mean, when that boyfriend broke over me, I was like, I don't know how, but you're gonna see my face everywhere. <laughs> and I did not know how. And then, you know, like, then I like, had gone viral on Instagram and stuff like that. So I think it definitely did. But now that's all going away. I like did that and we're friends now. And um, yeah, but it definitely fueled me at the time. You know, it goes without saying, there's a lot of conflict in today's world and in, in geopolitical conflict, uh, neighborly conflict. And sometimes that can be toxic. That's what we usually hear in the news, that it can be toxic. But sometimes, and you believe this, and I'd love to hear more about it, is that you say that conflict can sometimes be good. Now, why, why, why and when can that be good? <laughs> so we, we all know a little bit about Marvel. If you haven't seen Civil War yet, that's okay. But basically, there, there are these two very strong parties, Captain America and Iron Man with these strong different opinions. Clearly, they respect each other. Clearly, they like each other. They're friends, but they have to go to war. I'm not going to tell you that in the movie, okay? Go see the movie. But what I'm saying is sometimes war is necessary when you have two strong perspectives in a room. Do not be afraid of that. If your, if your perspective is strong and it is solid and you believe in it, then you have every right to back it up. You have to go into conversation with other people who don't always believe in what you believe in, but if you want to get to a better ending, make sure you're able to have these conversations. They're important. Uh, this is a great quote. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Without having these conversations and talking to the people around you, no action can be formed. We have to have these conversations. We have to talk with each other. Now, many of us with a lot of aspects of life or if we're coming up with something new, whether it's a new product, whether it's a new company, whether it's a new show, many of us think that you have to recreate the wheel from scratch. So you're starting at ground zero. But you have a, a slightly different approach that you say you want to build on shows before you, even some of those shows dating back as far as the 1950s, 1960s. So can you walk us through about the importance of building on things before us? I was talking to a friend who's also a writer about a show having a soul, right? Uh -huh. Like it's very made up by the people who, who create the thing yeah. and how 
to me, that's what makes it stand the test of time yeah. these days. Yeah, I remember being nervous about that. With uh, I, I had, a, I was assured, I knew that that show would, that Abbott was going to be good. But it's yeah. like, whoa! I did the pilot. Now we have a whole show to yeah chip away at. at shows like Parks and Rec, The Office. I mean, yeah. Good Place, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I, it was amazing getting to watch all my favorite comedies and even older ones like the Andy Griffith Show uh -huh. or um, like King of Queens, which is like one of just my old favorites. And just being like, okay, I see what to do, I see what not to do, I see what to do, and and I hope it works out. But I there would be like no, um, you know, presumably solid first season of Abbott without me really studying all of the other comedies. One of the struggles facing many of us, many of our listeners out there, all of us really is mental health is a big struggle. Uh, and it's a big struggle a lot of times often liking ourselves, liking oneself that, and sometimes it's not a constant daily battle that you're, you're trucking along, everything's fine. Then all of a sudden you pause and go, wait, I don't, I don't really like myself or why don't I have that self love anymore? What, why did that expire or where did that go? And this is especially true with uh, teenage girls and 20-something women that, that sometimes all of a sudden you wake up one day and you go, well, where did that self-love go? And this is something that's always been a struggle for the last thousands of years, but it's even more so today. It's become exacerbated because of social media, because of commercialisms. Uh, and you battled these demons as well. I mean, people look at you and go, there's no way she ever battled these type of demons when it comes to self-love. But I think it'd be very helpful, and you talked about this in one of your TED Talks, it'd be very helpful for our listeners to understand some of the struggles and how you've overcome those. Yeah. So my parents were great. They really fueled me up with a lot of love. They gave me a ton of love, a lot of self-love. They really made me feel like a great person until I didn't anymore. <sighs> Liking myself, the hardest fight I didn't know I was fighting. So who here has ever turned 18? Anyone? <laughs> cool, guys, congratulations. Um, around the age of 18 is when I realized I didn't really like myself anymore. Why? Not because of my parents. Because of consumerism, commercialism, and advertising. They get to you after a while. You see things that tell you you're not cute enough or not Kirsten Dunsty enough. Bring It On was out when I was about that age, so um, I wanted to be like her. You're not Disney Channel enough, you know? You see these kids and they're living in boats and whatnot. What the hell? Like, how'd you, how are you living on a boat in a hotel? I live in a row home in Philadelphia. That's not what I look like. That's not what my life is like. <laughs> Sweet life. Okay, we got it. Um, <laughs> uh, the moment I really knew was when I looked in the mirror and saw a few things that really disturbed me. My hair wasn't mine. I had already started using, like, weaves, right? I started putting makeup on. I didn't even look like myself anymore. And I have fake eyelashes, 18 years old. Um, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. So I went through a hard process of relearning myself, liking myself the way I came out, which was difficult here. In this country, it's hard if you're not white to do that, okay? It's hard if you're not tall to do that. It's hard if you don't have big boobs. It's hard if you have not been engineered by a man of America. Uh, the perfect body type is actually no one in America, according to men. They drafted it up last year in a magazine, and it's no one. It's none of the women here. So that's hard. How am I supposed to live up to that? Uh, there's no way for me to. So I had to really examine myself and say, if I want to be a creator who shares content with people all over the world, I really have to hone in and make sure I like myself. I have to like the person I am. I wanted to create from an honest perspective. I wanted to create in a way that can make others feel good. So I had to feel good myself. And here comes the biggest fight of your life. 
advertising in you. So I'm gonna rip apart this NARAD. Doesn't it look innocent? Doesn't it look like it's not that bad? It's terrible, okay? Focus for a second, if you will. So who in this room, raise your hand if you look like this girl right here. I've named her Monica. Who looks like, who looks like Monica? Anyone? No hands, no one looks like Monica. Okay, already the advertisement is punching you in the face. This isn't you. Okay, Monica is wiping the hair, the hair that grew out of her God-given body off of her face with this little roller contraption, all right? So look at Monica, taking her hair off. And then it says down there, close-up confidence. Okay, I'm just gonna break those words down for you. Close-up confidence, use there. If you don't, you're an ugly peasant, okay? <laughs> You don't deserve to be confident if you have hair on your face. It's true. And then at the bottom here, let me see if I can read it up here. For totally touchable skin, nair. Touch your skin for me right now. Is it touchable? Did you just touch your own skin? Okay. All right, nair. Take a chill pill. But these things, they affect you. I know it doesn't seem like they do, but they do. You know what I mean? I didn't really pay much attention to stuff like this. You know, I would flip through magazines when I was getting my hair done in a salon or whatever, and I would just flip through and get to my favorite stories. But these images were in my head. It was sending a silent message, but really clear, that you're not what America wants. You know what I mean? And if you're creating things, and you want to create things that are true to your perspective, I think it's really important that you decide you like yourself helps you create from a very good place. Wow, what an inspiring young woman, uh, just a few months older than Taylor Swift. Uh, so great for my daughters and, and anyone really for that matter, for myself, just to hear such helpful advice uh, from someone that's, again, self-made, right? They just developed this following through humor on social media she's discovered and to her credit Keita Brunson has springboarded that exposure because sometimes you get that you get that knock on the door and you don't take advantage of it you don't answer that door and she certainly has so my hope is that this show has been very helpful for you especially as we enter and continue down this new year it's going to be your best year ever thanks for tuning in to the show that is produced by Jake Brin Kelsey Gomez and Maritza Gutierrez. Keep those emails coming, equalman at equalman.com. And thanks for all your kind notes about the kitty corn that you've bought, the game that my daughters and I invented, and you're really enjoying having that break from your screen time in the evening just for a little quick little fun and some laughter with kitty corn, which is available on Amazon. But until next show, this is Equal Man reminding all of us that we're all superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape, and it certainly isn't what we take from the world. It is what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. 